They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt. Not the best. This is my friend, T-Bone. I love gold. You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard Thursday. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's been a short it's a short week for me, and it still feels long. I don't know how this is happening, but we are ready to do this thing, baby. We got a red-hot Duke Blue Devil team to talk about today. Are we sleeping on them? Could they be better than the Tar Heels, and we've been asleep on them all this time? Are they reaching their full potential now? We'll talk about that after a blowout win against Miami. Uh, the Brian Burns saga added some layers of drama yesterday. The Joe Person reports about the offer that he allegedly turned down. Brian Burns takes to Twitter. Um, Josina Anderson writes a book on Twitter about the situation. Um, uh, very interesting stuff there. She seems to be on Brian Burns' side. And we had a lot to discuss on today's Mac and Bone show about that. So stay tuned for that. Um, the college football playoff just formalized a 12-team playoff. Just formalized it two days ago. Yesterday, we get word they've already been talking about going to 14 teams. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, They can't help themselves, can they? They cannot help themselves. We will have a 64-team bracket by the time we get to the spring football game. Yes, before you know it, man. So anyway, we got that going on. J.J. Jansen in studio today for a little Snapchats coming up at 725. He'll hang out with us. For a good 30 minutes, 35 minutes or so. So tune in for that. Joe Person to talk about his uh, tremendous work on the Brian Burns situation. He's the one that, that came up that, that that has a source that gave him the terms. The five-year, $27 million that his source told him the Panthers did offer Brian Burns before last year. And that has got people talking even more than before about the Brian Burns situation. So we got things happening. We got a Swellsy update. They are back together, and I feel like everything is right with the world. Um, we will discuss that on the Mac and Bone show. We got it all happening. Bone, Flound. We got an amazing Charlotte FC ticket giveaway that will go to whoever can do the best Willie P. Gold uh, Call impression. <laughs> we got things happening today, Bone. Yeah, the Charlotte Comfort System's temperature right now, 41 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. You said that Swelsey's back together. Was there a breakup that I missed? No, they're like together oh, physically. Oh, my heart sank. Okay, I thought I, thought <laughs> no, I missed I something in the feed. You. Oh, my God. I would have left here and gone home and just checked the news all day. I, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. He has oh my joined God. her in Australia. Whew. All right. He has joined her in Sydney, and they have been at the zoo. Who's Sydney? They've been you at the, the zoo already Sydney? today. Take the girl named Sydney? What? No, <laughs> I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. All right. I don't think me and the Swifties are taking this relationship very seriously. And I don't think you are. All no, right. Rolling, no, shut I was mouth. seriously, I was highly concerned at first that something occurred that I missed there. Okay. They're just physically in the same area. They had live coverage on the Australian uh, networks last night of Travis Kelsey's getting off Taylor Swift's private plane in Sydney. Are you ready for it? Live coverage. There wow. he is. And they thought um, uh, Travis's buddy that went with him, they thought that was Jason Kelsey. So they were all saying on TV that he's with his brother, and and it was not his brother. So anyway. Boom! 
They're into Swelsea in Australia, too. All right. It's apparently a thing there as well. All right. Let's get to Duke Bone. I got so I know fired you're up. I put myself in the eye while you were talking. I know you're trying to procrastinate Mac hyping up Duke, but it's happening today on the show, brother. It, we can't, I, This team that had this high ceiling that we've talked about all season, I believe last night. You saw them play their best game of the season, their most complete game of the season. Granted, Miami was missing two starters, but that has to be thrown in. And I think all of a sudden we got to look at this Duke team. I don't know how little old Duke, I don't know how we slept on him so uh, so long. guess we were in love with the Tar Heels. But this Duke basketball team, Bone, I, 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 I don't think they're going to get slept on anymore. Um, they played amazing defense as a team last night, just amazing, holding Miami to 29% in the first half. Um, I've said this all season. When they make threes, they can beat anybody. They have the ability to spread the floor. And when all those guards, it's almost contagious. When those guards start hitting threes and they all join in the party like they did last night, they had 12 threes made in the first 25 minutes of this game. This team is dangerous, man. Real dangerous. And it feels like they are putting it together. Uh, that was the most dangerous version of them. That reminded me of Virginia Tech on the road, but a little more, obviously, with the the blowout aspect there more than that game. That's that's how they can make a run. That's how they're going to have to do it. Mac, it's one thing, and it's great when a player goes off, whether it's McCain like he gets FSU or Filipowski's got that ability, too, to put up 25. That's wonderful, and you take that. But to me, I've said all along, it's all about all the parts moving together. Foster had a good night, four, uh, 11 yeah. points. Roach, 16. Mitchell, 15. Flip, 15. Proctor, 12 points, five assists. I thought he played one of his better floor games of the year. He was alert. His passing was great. And McCain only had seven. So a guy we talked about being their best player now only had seven, and five other players have double figures. This is not a one superstar, one-and-done, top-three pick-type team this is a team, if they're going to win and make a run, it's going to be nights like last night when four, five, even six balance. guys the are balance. all on. Yep. 19 assists on 28 field goals. They share the ball. When the ball's zipping around, the ball goes into the post, and Filipowski's doubled and kicks it out, and then they rotate it, and there's a wide-open shooter. To me, that's, that's what Duke can do, man. And then Mark Mitchell, to me, is an X-Factor guy. I thought Ryan Young gave him X-Factor-type minutes last night. I thought that big old galoot he did. was in there battling, had nine boards in nine minutes and 50 seconds of playing he time. He made a play when they were up by 25 where there was a turnover, and he ran down the court yeah, as fast as he could. And, you know, it's not a, a play that <laughs> you're going to talk about a lot, but that shows you and that permeates through the team that we're up by 25 and a dude that's a fifth-year player that's a role guy is out there sacrificing himself Really, for no reason other than that he wanted to make a play. No, that was a hell of a performance last night by Duke. And let's face it, the Florida State performance was pretty damn good on the road, too. They basically just controlled the game the whole time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They were never really threatened. And they did it in different ways. McCain just carried them that game. But like you said, this game was balanced. Five and double figures, and McCain only had seven. Yeah, when you, when you scout them and analyze them as we get to the tournament, it, it's going to be interesting because it's not going to be like, well, is is you know, this player going to have to get – is he going to be able to get his 20 to 25 against a certain team? You could you could take one guy away. And I think, Mac, we kind of know what McCain is. Filipowski's got to be consistent. But Mitchell and Roach, we know who they are. To me, it's Mitchell, Flip, Roach, McCain as the guys we kind of know what they're going to bring. When Proctor plays well 
and Foster plays well. And I don't even think you always need both of them. You just need maybe one of those guys to play at a high level. But if both those guys are going, that puts them at a whole other level. I thought Stewart gave him some decent minutes yeah, last night, he too. He um, uh, was involved in, 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 in a tie-up uh, on seven defense. Re- and seven seven re- boards in 10 minutes. He had yeah. seven rebounds and four fouls in 10 minutes. Yeah, he got his fouls worth, man. He got his hacks in, no doubt about it. No, I was so happy anyway. with that. There's been some road wins where you go, eh, they've won them. But you go, oh, man, there were some moments there. It was a little dicey down the stretch. That was one opening tip. Dominant performance. That's what you wanted to see. A lot of Duke teams, admittedly, November, December, early January, mid-January, they might look like the best team in the country. Other teams will catch up to them as we get to the end of February, March. Feels like this team is sort of one that's ascending upwards and getting better towards the end of the At year. At the right time, no doubt. Uh, defensively, they've been playing better. Like They're getting better on defense, and the heels are getting worse on defense. Um, they have given up one point per, per possession or less ever since the Carolina game, and they've won every one of those games. They're playing better team defense, and I am now bone back to the point where I believe we have a shot at Duke and UNC in the Final Four. I believe we have a shot. Carolina's got to play better defense, um, uh, you know, but I, I think we are now back to that point. Uh, Why is Flan laughing over there? Flan, are you giggling at this? Are you glad I'm hyping Duke, or is this annoying to you? Well, this of course, I'm glad you're hyping any of the rivals because that inevitably means what's going to end up happening is that uh, all of these teams will probably be out in the first weekend because you've jumped on board, <laughs> and we'll just hate you. I, here's, here's everybody forever. will finally agree on something. They he, hate me. Here's what I'm rooting for. I, I I hope that Duke and Carol. I'm being serious. I hope they both make the final four. Megan, here's what I want. I want Duke on one side of the final four bracket, and I want Carolina on the other. And I want us to talk all week about a potential national championship game. But I want Carolina matched up with Arizona. And I want Caleb Love to hit <laughs> a shot. This whole thing I, I want Caleb Love to hit a shot of the outstretched arm of Armando Baycott and break the heart of North Carolina. <laughs> Man, you're giving this some thought. You went deep. I know that's oddly specific, uh, but it really can is. you imagine it was, oh. the, imagine the the historical narratives, Matt, if Caleb Love did take out Carolina? Because Arizona's Way up there again. Imagine yeah. if Arizona Mac wins a game where Love beats Carolina, but yet he's got the biggest shot ever oh against God. Duke. Oh my God! Oh my! <laughs> oh, or or even better, what if he's all if, what he, if he matches up with Duke and he hits football. another shot yeah. over no. No. a Duke big man, oh. Filipowski's fat ass. He's, trying to yeah, close those out. are both creative Filipowski's ideas. fat. Yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> what are you? Are your eyes okay? If that's fat, what am I, man? Seriously. Uh, don't answer by, that. By the way, Caleb Love already had his moment against Duke at Cameron. They beat him this year. All right. He's done now. He's done. You sure? You sure? All right. Let's I'm see. I'm concerned about Flanders eyesight. Uh, we got to talk about the Charlotte 49ers. Um, they got bludgeoned last night. And uh, I think this is the point of the show where we bow down to Vegas and we say, you know what you're doing? Uh, we dared to question why Memphis, with all the struggles they've had chemistry-wise, would be a five-and-a-half-point favorite against Charlotte, uh, who is 10-2 in conference. We found out last night. Vegas seems to – when a line looks like that and you raise your eyebrow, Vegas ends up being right most of the time. It, it, it's it, true. It, it does end up happening that way. And who falls for it a lot? We do. We do. We, get, we, we do. But uh, Charlotte scored 17 points in the second half of this game. 17 points. And heck, it ain't much better if you extrapolate it out to the last 30 minutes of the game. They scored 30 points in the last 30 minutes. And I thought, Bone, I I thought they were, the damage was done very early in this game when Lukai Patterson picks up the quickest dang three fouls you will ever see 
and had to sit out 17 minutes of the first half. Because when he comes back in the second half, Bone, he looks like he's forcing a little bit. And then he gets his fourth foul and has to sit out again. You're talking about the best player on the Charlotte 49ers on the road. And he was never able to get in the flow. Missed 17 minutes in the first half. And I got to give him credit. I thought they hung in there pretty well. Um, they shot it well. But I thought they hung in there pretty well without him for 17 minutes in the first half. But then when he comes back in the second half and looks like he's off kilter and forcing it, and then picks up his fourth foul and has to go to the bench. Like, at that point, Bone, it was not his night. And I don't think Charlotte's going to win a game on the road like that. Obviously, you see it. If Patterson is a non-factor. Yeah, he's been right? averaging about 19 points a game or so for about a month or whatever it is. He's got a crazy stat line, Mac, for a guy that's been that good. Zero points, zero turnovers, zero blocks, zero steals, one assist, no rebounds, played 15 minutes. And then he had the four fouls. That's got to be said. You said it, but played. Yeah, he played. What'd you say? Fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that there's there's really nothing on the stat line but one assist and four personal fouls. There's no. They have no shot to beat anybody in any environment without him doing something in there. And they also played a Memphis team that we said yesterday. You know, started the year good. They are well. They ended up in the top ten to twelve at one point. Fell off. That was a desperate, angry uh, Memphis team. There they ran into last night too. That that Memphis team. Saw Charlotte coming. They saw him getting hyped up. They needed a win. They got it. I thought Charlotte may catch a break along the way because South Florida was in a battle with the TSA last night. But uh, South Florida ended up winning that game late. So they thought there might be a break there where Charlotte loses, but South Florida might lose. South Florida found a way to beat the uh, the uh, the airport employees last night. So South Florida is two games ahead of Charlotte now yep. in, in the conference. Again, for it, it's going to come down for Charlotte regardless of whether they would win the regular season. It's going to come down to the conference tournament. They're not an auto-bid type team because of the overall resume. They don't have the wins to do that. So it's going to come down to the conference tournament anyway, but you want them to be able to go in with some momentum. So we'll see if they can get it back. Uh, but last night, that was an ugly one. That's one you kind of just move on for, uh, from Bone yep. and uh, and uh, get to the next T-Box. Also want to mention last night, Clemson uh, puts it on Georgia Tech on the road. Came out just on fire from outside. So Clemson's a team we got to talk about, too. We talk about Duke starting to play their best basketball. I think Clemson's been playing their best basketball here lately as well. And uh, a shout-out to the MLS. It is back the only way the MLS can return in 2024 with Inter uh playing a game <laughs> all by themselves against uh, Real Salt Lake. They had to have the whole night to themselves last night. Messi had an assist. He was involved in the second goal on a counterattack in the second half. They win 2-0. Uh, and I got a big, big old problem, Mac, here with P.J. Hall at Clemson. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I'm done with P.J. Hall at this point, Mac. Really? Mm. It involves a... Uh, Entry on underdog fantasy last night. Oh, no. I had to have him go over, Mac, seven, I think it was 17 and a half or 18 and a half points, right? Yeah. And I thought, all right, that's Georgia Tech. He can do that. This guy, Mac, had 11 points at halftime. I thought, oh, this is uh, just yeah, on pace. go ahead and get myself a nice show Mars dinner on Thursday. A lot of money in the pocket here. <laughs> do you know how many points, Mac, after P.J. Hall had 11, kind of off the off the bat, how many did he finish with the game? How many did he have for the game? It sounds like you're setting me up for the answer to be 11. He had 11 points. <laughs> Georgia Tech was rolling along, and I kept I kept checking, and it was like, oh, oh, they, oh, they scored a basketball. Oh, they scored five in a row. <laughs> At one point, I had to I had to Twitter search, is PJ Hall injured? Where is he? <laughs> then he came back in. I said, I was yelling, PJ, 
But, Matt, that's what underdog fantasy does, doesn't it? It makes you root and care about <laughs> sports more than you do already, which is amazing. I learned last night that P.J. Hall was a, was a gymnast as a kid and that he can lift his leg all the way up over his head. Yeah, I learned that last night during the broadcast. I, I heard I heard Wes Durham and Corey Alexander talking about it while Beheim was there, and Beheim went. <laughs> Beheim is, is wonderful, and I got to tell you, he doesn't say a lot, but he's he funny, me up. man. He's actually funny now that he doesn't have to whine about his team anymore. He, is. he doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it's usually pretty good. We come back the latest on the Brian Burns saga, an update on why Justin Fields followed unfollowed the Bears on the gram. And you're going to hear something that involves C.J. Stroud and Cam. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Mac and Bone with you early on in the uh, six o'clock hour. Complainer in chief. Diehard Heels fan, very agitated that Duke is getting hyped up on the show today. What are you supposed to do when they've won five straight and are playing their best basketball of the season? They've won eight of nine. They've won 16 of 18. Like, eventually, eventually they, they couldn't keep winning without us talking about them. Can, can, what the heck? Can you tell me when he's not agitated? <laughs> he was agitated at 6.02 on Monday when we announced that the, the Daytona race was moved to Monday at 5 or 4, whatever it was. Like, this this man has been agitated now for four straight days. Get some coffee. Try again. Reset. We need to turn complainer off and, and put him back on again. You want to reset him? Yeah. Reboot him? I want to turn complainer on. He's now back on. That sounded weirder than I intended it to be. He's back focused now, though. He's watching film for a 9- to 11-year-old basketball yeah. tournament. Well, I'm rooting for the team playing against him. <laughs> so there you go right there. He is refocused on a different task. But we appreciate you jumping on board here on the Mac and Bone Show. We'll talk more about the way Duke's playing. I, I'm just saying, I, I sat there, Bone, and I got all I got all caught up in the moment the Monday after the Duke-Carolina game, and I said Carolina's going to sweep them, and I ranted and raved, and I'm just saying, I've got to reevaluate those comments, Well, the I, way Duke's playing. And I still, even with the win the other day, I still didn't like Carolina's defense in that win. I didn't. Part of the Duke thing is, and I'm part of this too, I have not gone insane on on their their ceiling because I'm trying to figure it out as we go along here. But I think, Mac, that a lot of their wins have not been of the uh, beautiful variety. They've had to grind some out, but they've won. So their record, I think, snuck up on us a little bit where you looked up and it's like, oh, they've now won 16 of 18 games because some of those wins, whether it be at Notre Dame, was tougher than it should have been. They're Georgia Tech at home. They had to grind that. There's been some grinded out wins that almost feel like losses for the expectation of who Duke is, but it's a win. So all of a sudden, you look up, you go, oh, their record's pretty damn good, isn't it? It is. It is. And with all this hype, I'm still not sure they're beating Wake, though, at, uh, on the road. That's a tough one. Wake, <laughs> Wake, on Wake, Saturday. Wake at home is a, is a jug, a Wake, juggernaut. Wake went up 14 spots. I don't really know how, but they went up 14 spots in the net the other day. From 40th to 26th when they beat Pittsburgh. 
and it's still not good enough for Lenardi to put him in the field. 26th in the net. They're not I, even the first team out. No, I tried to give Lenardi the benefit of the doubt because he put out he puts out the uh, he doesn't do the full bracketology every day, but he puts out his updated uh, stuff on his feed. So I thought. The, the net ranking comes out, Mac, what, the next morning at like 8, 8.30 or 9? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay, he updated that one the other night at like 10, 10.30, 11. I thought, okay, he has a wake out because he doesn't have the updated net rankings per se that he needs. So he just took a guess, kept them there. He'll update it once it fully is seen what the net rankings are. Then I checked yesterday afternoon, and no, he didn't. Still it, not putting him in. There. 21 Ken Palm, 26 in the net. Uh, all right, anyway, by the way, funniest text ever. James from Maiden says, all people can do is complain. Shaking my head. It's true. As, it's if, true, as, James. as if James has never used the text line to utter a complaint ever, Bone Man. No, no, no. no hold on. There's a <laughs> James, is pa- James is passionate and opinionated. Oh. You can be passionate. I don't think James complains a lot. He's passionate. He's opinionated. No, he doesn't complain at all. No. You, just, you, you, go, through, you go through his, we have all the texts. You go through and you find me one time recently where he complained about anything. Oh, I dare you. I could find it in point two Just seconds. Literally look but at we, his last text before that. Yeah, it ain't. Uh, oh yeah, he's complaining because Jeff didn't know the day yesterday. Apparently, I right, anyway. not complain. He's trying to help him out. Let's get into this Brian Burns situation, Bone, because uh, the drama picked up yesterday in this Brian Burns saga. Uh, Joe Person, credit to him, um, uh, and I don't have any reason to doubt his sources. For the first time ever, we heard it reported that the Carolina Panthers uh, going into last year in the offseason offered him a five-year deal worth $27 million per year. That would make him tied with Joey Bosa as the third highest paid pass rusher in the NFL. And Burns said no. His camp said we'd like to get $30 million per year. And that has set off, Bone, all kind of conversations uh, yesterday, I saw a lot of Panther fans jumping on him, calling him greedy. Um, I saw people on Burns' side saying, hold on now. How did that get out there to Joe Person? Did the Panthers leak that to make Burns look greedy? To make themselves look better? Um, and then Brian Burns himself was the calm in the storm yesterday on Twitter when he just tweeted out, keep pounding with a blue and a black uh, heart yeah. next to it. So he's taking a high road on all of this. I heard he wanted to use 30 million hearts, but they wouldn't allow him that type of space <laughs> on the on the platform. Come on, Elon. What are you doing, Elon? <laughs> what do you think, Bone, about all of this hubbub yesterday? Tw- a Panthers Twitter once went crazy once Joe Person had this report. Well, as far as the, the person report and the sources go, I think this is kind of what we thought might be happening, although we couldn't figure it out. We kind of went by the other players and Max Crosby and, and what he had he had for his contract, and we thought you know twenty five, maybe twenty six is probably where the Panthers would be unless they went way low. But we kind of thought twenty five, twenty six. Does Burns want to go thirty or above? As we kind of heard along the way, and then twenty seven kind of tells me okay, the Panthers went up a little bit, hoping Burns would come down a little bit, and you meet there. The problem is if the Panthers move to twenty seven or they've been at twenty seven, I don't know fully. Burns is not moving off of what he wants. All this, Matt, this is not a lot of times with, with baseball stuff, they haggle over the years more so than the, the money. A player will want seven years and the team will offer six, and that's that's the hold up here. I got to tell you, I, I need the saga to end. This is only over, yes, in the scheme of what these guys make, not for us, but it's not over 
that much money. This should be pretty easy to figure out a, a solution here. This is not. It over- should be because apparently it wasn't last well, this year. Is, they're not like ten. Like, to, I, I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they're not ten to twelve million apart here. Burns wants three million more than they're offering. This should be pretty easy to figure this whole thing out here. Should it shouldn't, be. Shouldn't take this long, man. Should be. Figure it out. But last year they did not figure it out, and Brian Burns did a two day hold in. Um, there were messages. From his, uh, I think his brother, Stanley McClover, there, 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 were, there were comments on Twitter that led you to believe his camp was angry. Um, so it was not easy to sort out last year. Um, listen, I thought, I said last last year when this was going on, I thought $27, 28000000 million was a good range. Um, so I'm a little disappointed he didn't take that. Does he deserve to be called greedy? I don't know, man. These are negotiations. He can ask for whatever he wants. Doesn't mean he's going to get it. Right. And if the Panthers want to tag him and play hardball, they can tag him and play hardball. I'm not really – I like Brian Burns. I'm not really trying to get on here and call him greedy. This stuff happens all the time, players and teams. I'm a little disappointed that, like you say, they were that close and we they couldn't end up with a deal. Like, they could not then meet a 28-and-a-half. That's, that's what I mean. You know, just- um, I also think – with the year Burns had last year, I wonder if an offer of $27 million this year will get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah, or will he continue to say $30 million a year? Um, Wouldn't like 28 and a half seem like a fair offer? I, I mean, honestly, I'm not I'm not calling Burns greedy, but at some point for the organizational sake and for Burns' sake, we got to settle this thing and try to figure out how to fix the rest of the football team here. Like, yeah, we were talking so much, Burns. I know that they are, but... I don't let this thing hold you up anymore. It, it kind of put a cloud over some stuff last offseason last year. Let's just move on, man. $28.5 million, 27 compared to 30 I can't relate to it, but in my mind, that seems like something you guys could figure out. Here. It takes two to tango, right? Yep. So they got to get together and do the tango, do the foxtrot. They got to find out a way to uh, to get this deal done. Josina Anderson jumped in last night, Bone, with a book. She wrote a novel. On X last night. It might be the longest single X post I think I have ever seen. I was hoping that we could get an audio version of it to, um, to, read, to uh, read to me. And here are the cliff so notes. Uh, here are the cliff notes of this. She often, I think her sources are the players a lot of times, and she often comes across as pro player in any dispute. That's the way it feels to me, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was an athlete in her own right when she was in college. So, I, you know, it just seems like she's kind of on that side. And this is how and, and this tweet read that she was on Burns' side of this dispute. Um, she she uh, wrote that Brian Burns' range is still well below Bosa's league high uh, average of thirty four million a year. So she's sounds like she's defending his asking price of thirty million a year. Um, she says the Panthers showed him how much they value him when they turned down two firsts in 2022, but then weren't willing to, to, to show it in the negotiations. She said the Panthers should consider how Burns will react to the tag. I don't know if she has some intel from Burns or the Burns camp, um, yeah. but she is bringing up what we've talked about, which is, you know, players don't like the tag. If you're good enough to get the tag, you don't want the tag. You want guaranteed moolah, yes, right? Um, and she, that, uh, cheese, as the kids call it. She also she also put in here um, the Panthers should be concerned about how other players are viewing this situation, like Derek Brown, for example. Are they looking at this like this team ain't paying this dude? And does it have a negative effect that way? She also criticized the Panthers, and this was going on on Twitter from some fans and media yesterday. She criticizes the Panthers for floating this number out there to Joe Person, the five-year, twenty-seven million, to try to curry public favor. 
What do you think about that accusation? I mean, it, it had to, it had to come from somewhere, so I don't know exactly how it went down, but that's kind of how these things work. You know, you got to put some stuff out there. So I don't think Joe just grabbed it out of thin air. He had to get it from some side, and with the information that he got, he assume it's from the, the side of the Panthers. I have a question about the money in this situation here. Matt, what happens at the end of the year in the last week of the season? Do we not see a lot of players playing for incentives in their contracts? Do we not see against the Panthers and the Saints with the Drew Brees years and all the things he was playing for in the wideouts, and we see guys get sack totals? Can they not make some incentives in here to get to what he wants? Can they not give him the base salary of what we're talking about here and then put in some sack incentives and get him up to what he wants? Can they not do that stuff I need to, We need to patch you through to Brant Tillis immediately, all right? You have the cap solution. You got. You have the contract like we solution We see all the here. time a guy will play more in the last week because he needs to get one more sack, a half sack. Someone made a million dollars last year in the last week of the season. It was uh, was it Chris Jones? It happens all the time. Baker did too. Baker. Yeah, can we not, can we not give him the base Chris salary? Jones did. On give him the base season. salary. He gets twelve sacks. He gets a million dollars. And we're not that far apart here from hitting that. <laughs> I'm, Mr. Tillis, get us Mr. Tillis online. One bone has some caponomic suggestions. Well, that's I'm sure all this stuff has been talked about. Well, I don't know. I, I don't you know, know what they're doing. I need I, to know. I need. I, I, patch me through here. I want to talk about the accusations of the Panthers leaking this. Um, Mike Florio says this all the time. When something's leaked to the media, you ask the question, who benefits from that leak? Right? Yep. And then you know who leaked it. Who benefits from that leak in the PR battle? The Carolina Panthers. Yes. I don't know this for a fact that it was leaked to Joe by a source over there in that building, but I 100% believe they're the ones that end up looking better and it makes Brian Burns look greedy. And if they did that to do to, on purpose, that is going to be another wedge driven between the two parties. It is. I mean, it had to it's come not, from one. You're it, right. It's, it's, it's not common going, sense. This is not helping. Like, you're sitting here saying, how about a little bonus and this and that? You know, Brian Burns might be pissed off. At, at You know what I mean? This isn't going to help. If there already was animosity and we're afraid that the franchise tag is going to create more animosity, this doesn't help. Because I guarantee you Burns Camp thinks they did this to make their client look bad. Yeah, it's, it's messy. Yeah. It's been messy for a while. It's probably one of the reasons why Fitterer's not here, among other reasons. Couldn't get this done, right? Tepper had to be like, what's going on here? Why can't you guys come to an agreement on this thing? Yeah. Whether it's, it's whether it's on your end or their end, whatever it is, this thing has to get resolved soon. And for this is Dan Morgan's biggest task early. Get this done, and then you fix this football team and get us on, Mac, that what's our win pace for next season? Get us on that six-win express, that baby. Si that six-win. Maybe seven express. That six-win economical vehicle that we're going to be in. <laughs> All right, let's get to a couple of clips. Let's go around the league a little bit right now, Bone Man, because we're going to talk about this Burns thing a ton. We're going to have Joe Person on to talk about the Burns situation. He's the one that had this report. But let's do a couple of other things around the league. Yesterday, the Justin Fields Atlanta Falcons hype was out there. Could they, he be traded um, to his home state team? Well, yesterday he was on uh, – the St. Brown Brothers podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and he was asked about unfollowing the Bears on Instagram, which led to a lot of this talk. Listen, listen to this. All right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so seriously? Like, <laughs> but like why, are you, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Right? Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. 
Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You That's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the draft Caleb. So it's like, bruh, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just want to be over. Oh, oh he's, he's, so he's, go. he's so done with the Bears. He is so done. Good answer there to try to spin it. He is so done with the Bears. And if, if he's, he, mad, he's upset, he knows that his future is not there, and he doesn't want to see anything that involves them in the future or whatever they draft. So you're not buying his no. fun little story there no. relating it to no. girls on no. Instagram. He's, you're he's, not buying that. You think gone. he's butthurt. He's done. Yep. You think, he he, know, you think he's gone and he knows he's gone. Yes. And he's a little butthurt about it. Also, on social media, you can figure out ways to ignore that and mute it and do different stuff. And, instead Without of like, drawing attention yeah, to he it. Wanted to, he wanted to make a point that he's not following. They're not going to back him because yeah. they're going to get a new quarterback. But I ain't following you. He could figure out could ways be. to ignore that stuff. Definitely he, could so be. I don't blame I'm not blaming the guy, but. All right. You know. Last but not least here in this segment. This is a little heartbreaking to me, Bone. This is a little heartbreaking. Oh, no. Um, Cam Newton had C.J. Stroud on his fourth and one podcast, and uh, we all know the year C.J. Stroud had, and we all know we didn't draft him. Well, now we got to listen to our greatest quarterback bond with C.J. Stroud. Listen to this back and forth. Apparently, C.J. has been a Cam fan for a long time. So it was like, I want to say it's 2017. Mm -hmm. I was playing seven on seven for this team called B2G, um, and we went to Florida. And we played y'all, but we didn't play your – we played, like, the less than team. Mm. And we ended up losing, too, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. I seen that coming. That's all good. And before, you had, like, a little quarterback competition. Mm -hmm. And it was me. It was a dude from North Shore. Yep. And before the show started, because I was a huge fan of yours, but I still am. Yeah. Like, you were the quarterback I watched since I've been a, a young kid. Your college days, honestly, when you play that blend, watching the freestyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, bro, yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, I've been, I've been tuning in. So, yes, it's, it's, a, it's an honor sitting here with you. But, man, just you gave me a lot of motivation that day by just throwing that ball with me. You, yes, Me sir. and you played catch, and we were like 10 yards, backed up That's to 20, crazy. backed up to 30, backed yeah. up to 40. I never told this story. Yeah. And then, like, we went, like, 60, 70. We both slain it. And then you like yeah. you looked at me, and you was like, "All right," and then you walked away. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, C.J. Stroud history with Cam uh, when he was young was a Cam fan growing up. Um, so there you go. That kind of oh, hit. That kind of hit me, man. I want Bryce and Cam to be. I want Bryce to be a star. I want him to be hanging out with Cam. That's what I want, man. A Panther legend and a uh, man that many text line people want to be a Panther legend still. And C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Oh, dear. This segment is sponsored by the new Banana Boat 360 coverage. Banana Boat has given you a new way to spray. New Banana Boat 360 coverage. Better control for better coverage with a reusable sprayer and refill. Shop Banana Boat 360 coverage at CVS. When we come back, the college football playoff. Man, they're talking expansion, man. Before we've actually seen the previous expansion. We're going to talk about that. And Stephen A. Smith goes after a national brand on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.
one take that I think really is confusing to me is folks that hear you say, I don't want the expanded playoff, and they say, well, you don't like football? You don't want to see more competitive football games? You don't want to see these big brands play each other in the most meaningful part of the year? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I want less meaningful football games. I'm saying I want more meaningful football games. The difference is I just want those to happen in that 12-week span we get called the regular season. From late August to late November, that's the playoff games that I want to watch. And when I say playoff games, I'm not talking about single elimination. I'm talking about Ohio State-Michigan, meaning as much as humanly possible. The Red River rivalry, when they meet up in the Cotton Bowl, meaning as much as humanly possible. Those games that happen in September, I want USC-LSU to meet as much as humanly possible. That's the meaningful football that I want us to experience, because that's what's made college football so special. J.D. Piquello on three sports. Good dude, too, man. Played some college ball for Matt Rule. Don't hold that against him. All right, y'all. And uh, has come on this show a bunch. Great dude. And that used to be, Bone, my old opinion about expanding the playoff. That's how I used to feel. Like, hey, we've got the best regular season in sports and college football. Four spots go. And the more I thought about it, and, and I hear what he's saying, and yes, Michigan-Ohio State is not for a playoff spot, but it is for a bye, essentially, right? Yeah. It is, you know. Still going to matter here. It's, it's, the, <laughs> it's not going to knock you out of the playoff, but we've seen both these teams make it before, you know? Last year, not this past year, but the year before that, both of those teams made it, even though Michigan beat Ohio State. So it is possible they both made it even in a four. I just think, Bone, you're going to, yes, those games won't be have as much meaning, but you'll have games where teams need to win bone in order to get an at-large, right? Like yeah. late in November where someone has to stay in the top 12 or if someone's trying to climb in the top 12. And then when you think about it from a local, you'll have not only the buys, but then you'll have the teams that are vying to get a home game, right? And be five through eight seats. So I just, I think there's going to be other things to play for. I get his point. And I also want to tell him this, man, the ship has sailed. They have moved to 12 teams. Like, that argument, which I used to use years ago, it, like, at some point, he's got to stop making that argument. I mean, you know, we have moved to 12 teams. The game is changing, and I think it's for the better. It is. Uh, here's what excites me, Mac, for what we do and for sports fans out there. I've always felt March Madness, that three weeks, it's hard to beat that as maybe the best time of the year leads right into the Masters. That March and April, that's fun. October is loaded up when you get all the sports kind of converging at one time in some form. I saw a tweet about this yesterday. When you think about the playoffs and the amount of important games in college football we're going to have now, think about the, the football world now. December 20th and 21st will be the first round. December 31st is going to be the court. From December 20th until January 20th, we're now getting college football playoff games that are going to intersperse with the beginning of the NFL wildcard playoffs. So from December 20th, all the think about how many important games, Matt, each weekend we're going to get when you have this many college football games on top of the NFL games as well. Yeah, I, Because college football, we love the important games, but there's sometimes there's not a lot when you get to that Christmas time, New Year's. A lot of them don't end up mattering. Now think about how many of those bowl games that might be background noise. Like you had Penn State Ole Miss last year, right, Matt? You were watching. But ultimately, in the Peach Bowl, 
It was kind of like background noise. What did that mean? Now a lot of those games are no longer background. It meant Penn State didn't show up is what well, it meant. You know that what day. I mean, though, but there's uh, there's now important college football games for a month straight going on. There. Yeah, it is. And I would uh, I would argue that the trade off of, oh, my God, if we lose this game, we ain't making the playoff. Um, the trade off from losing that is like with the 14 playoff bone. How many meaningful games did you have? Because how many teams really had a chance of getting in? Yes. Now, I feel like you expand the pool that will be playing games where, hey, we got to win this to get a home game, or we got to win this to get a bye, or we got to win this to get in the playoff at all. I think it's going to be fun. How about this? This is you, – you shared this with our group yesterday, Flounder, and I don't know why I was shocked, but I was. I shouldn't be by this. That the There's already a report out there from ESPN that they've already been talking about, should we do a 14-team what? playoff? Yeah, come, come on. The 12-team playoff was announced on Tuesday, and the next day, Flound, they're already – it already gets out. Yeah, they spent some time talking about 14, and you said this yesterday, Flound. They aren't going to be able to help themselves. It's a two-year contract, but does anybody think they stick at 12 for longer than two years? And be, let's be honest. They're going to say, well, you know, 14, that's kind of an odd number. That was just one that we came up with in our head. What about we even it out and we do 16? And then everybody in the room will give a big old clap. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. They're going to have a Big Ten bracket of eight and an SEC bracket of eight. They're going to go to 16. <laughs> I have a crazy idea. Crazy idea. Okay. Why don't we just see how the 12 works for one one year, and then we go from there? It's only a two-year co- We couldn't even get Mac through a two-year contract. We couldn't even start. We couldn't get one day. Matter of fact, they did, this those talks were before they even formalized the agreement. Right. So they were thinking of saying, you know, this 12-team thing we've been talking about for a couple of years, and we're about to formalize. How about we just add two teams? Like they they could they they were tempted to do this bone from the jump. And just go right to 14. Can we just see how it plays out? If there needs to be adjustments or tweaks or something comes up where it's like, yeah, that needs to be fixed, then they can handle it. But I don't know why we're trying to – we're just – we're constantly expanding, man. We're, we're always trying to grow and get bigger, man. I don't want to get bigger. I want to stay the same size for right now. Uh, by the way, Bone, we please, have – Please don't. That, that, the context of that. You want to stay the same size? Hey, now. It's going to sound weird in um, hindsight. The, we have a audio clip of Stephen A. Smith uh, just blasting Notre Dame. And I don't like hearing this sort of talk about an institution as classy as Notre Dame. It just hurts my feelings. It sounded but, very similar to your rant yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, any, the only thing you didn't have was blasphemous. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think we're going to save it because I've noticed, Bone, Starting at 725, we will spend 30 minutes with a Notre Dame grad, a former Uh Notre Dame football player. So I feel like, Bone, we might want to save Stephen A. Smith for our friend J.J. Flounder, can you do an edit where you have Stephen A. yelling about Notre Dame and put Mac underneath it with the Notre Dame fight song so they're both yelling at the same time from yesterday? Do a whole work on something. Merge that together as one. Just have them yelling together. (laughs) So anyway, J.J. will get to hear. Stephen A. Smith's rant and react to it live here on the Mac and Bone Show because I'm hurt. I'm hurt, Bone, as a as as someone that grew up in a Catholic household. Yeah. I am very hurt that Stephen A. would talk this way about the Fighting Irish. It, I'm hurt. You sound hurt. What are you smiling about? <laughs> Can I say something too before we go to break? I read a uh, a sunscreen ad for Banana Boat 360. Matt going to break last yeah, time. Yeah. A lot of comments came through that they thought I was getting ribbed. 
that someone put a fake ad there because I'm a little pale and I'm doing sunscreen ads. I want it right there, Mac. I don't make these up right there. That's a perfect that fit. That was a real ad, man. It's a perfect fit. You see the guy that said, when does Bone come out with his banana boat Bone special? The one trillion SPF. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because it's true. When we come back, Brian Burns was offered five years and $27 million per reports. Would you do the offer now on Sports Radio? 92.7 WFNZ. I think I'm getting tan, actually, as a matter of fact.